It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, luckily, the Blackhawks don't have to call the Montreal Canadiens for any more dates this year. They wrap up the season series falling to Montreal in Montreal for love from the Bell Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 9.30 tonight on 720 WGN. Before we get to our texts and calls from this one, let's head on back over to Montreal and bring in Troy Murray, who's been on the call with John Weideman tonight. And Troy, I'm going to get right to it. Probably the biggest talking point of that third period. Max Domi gets crunched pretty hard by Pizzetta. Not much of a response coming from the Hawks after that. Two goals follow in favor of the Canadians. But I think you hit it nail on the head when you described it in action. Max Domi's always the guy that kind of backs up his team. And Reese Johnson ended up doing that, but... I don't know, maybe a little too little, too late towards the end of the game, would you say? Well, you would like kind of an immediate response, but, you know, I, I'm just, my mindset is old school. And, you know, when something like that happens, especially when it's a guy who has shown all season long that when somebody takes advantage of one of his teammates, he's the guy that's going to step in there and, and answer the bell. And, and he's done it uh, several times. And, you looked at the first period, big hit by Connor Murphy on uh, Nick Suzuki of the Montreal Canadiens. Immediate response from Josh Anderson. Now, it kind of depends who's out on the ice, but uh, I love what Reese Johnson did. I have a ton of respect for him. You know what you're going to get from Reese Johnson each and every time that he's out there on the ice. He's going to finish checks all the time. He's leading the Blackhawks in that category with over 125 hits. Um, so you love what you saw from Reese Johnson, and he was upset. And as John said, he said something to the Blackhawks bench. And, and you know, for the, some of the guys on the Blackhawks bench, you know, even if you are in a position where you're, you're not really a guy that drops the mitts and, and wants to get into it, you know, there's a time and a place, and somebody has to answer the bell for Max because he's been doing it time and time again. So, you know, you, you look at this situation and, and you hope you learn from it. You didn't have Jared Tenorti in the lineup. He certainly would be one guy that would uh, be in a position to go out there and, and answer the bell. Uh, but you love what Reese Johnson did. Good for him. Have a ton of respect. And, boy, uh, I love to see that from Reese Johnson, even if it was a little bit late. You never, but Reese Johnson couldn't, you know, first time they were probably out there on the ice together as well. So, you know, there's always kind of a circumstances around what happened. Right, and I'm trying to remember who might have been on the ice at that point. That Domi line has Kurashev and Radish on there. Um, but I get what you're saying, too. And Reese Johnson's a guy that continues to wow people and and just make people a big fan of Reese Johnson. It's hard not to with what he brings each and every night and especially just defending his team. And, and Tenorti being out of the picture in this game is a huge thing, too. I mean, he, he threw off the mitts on Saturday after sitting for nearly two months. So you got to think that if he were on the ice, he, he quickly would have uh, retaliated. But I, I yeah, mean, that, that's the kind of player that, that you know, Tenorti is as well. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I just, I have a lot of respect for those guys that, you know, turn around and, and uh, answer the bell. It's a tough game and it's, it's a hard fought game. I didn't like the hit from Pozzetta, um, you know, almost in a, in a position where he um, wasn't able to defend himself. If he's around, if he's turned around and he's got his face towards the boards, that's an automatic, you know, boarding penalty. He's probably kicked out of the game, but hit him. 
a clean hit from the front, but uh, Domi did not see him coming, couldn't protect himself, and put it, he was in a vulnerable position when he uh, received that contact. Well, and it's also insult to injury at that point because, you know, the Hawks didn't play their best game the first 40 minutes, but they kept it close, only down by a goal. Now, all of a sudden, you're down to the hard hit on Domi, you're missing a few guys already on the ice, and then Montreal comes storming back with two quick goals. I mean... That's that's got to be a, de- a deflating situation for the Hawks right there in that third. Hundred percent. You know, you look at the big hit in Montreal, just able to feed off that energy. The building, which had been pretty quiet basically for the majority of the game, not a lot going on, um, but the game was was still within reach. And then all of a sudden, that big hit, and Montreal just carried that momentum on and got the you know the four goals and and kind of coasted to the victory. But uh, you know, if you're Montreal, you're going, hey, that you know, on on the flip side of this equation. You know, big hit by Pizzetta turned the emotion around in, in our favor, and we fed off that, and, you know, we were able to generate a lot of opportunities, nothing that Stauber could do there. But, you know, there's always two sides to the equation in that. Well, Stauber, no reason to blame this game on him whatsoever. Another solid performance. Third period just got away. That's not his fault, though. And, I mean, again, Joy, just more of an example of how flourishing the, the Blackhawks are in their goaltending depth so far this year. Yeah, it's not, you know, you can't blame anything on Stauber. And, and uh, you know, Montreal manufactured some, some nice plays in this game to score the goals, nice shots, top corner. Um, even, you know, David Savard, not known as a goal scorer, when you have time and space like that, uh, missed structure, you know, missed assignments in the defensive zone. Everything kind of got scattered around, and you started chasing the play a little bit, and that opened it up, and Montreal able to take advantage of it, but certainly not any problems or any fault of Jackson Stauber. Montreal also on a bit of a winning streak now, their third consecutive victory. The Hawks will have a quick game tomorrow against Toronto, so I guess that's one good thing to look forward to, Troy, is that you got the quick memory opportunity here with just a game tomorrow, just to put this one in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and I think it's important that they come together in that game against Toronto tomorrow and, and make sure that, you know, they're all unified. Um, you know, there, there's there's going to be some guys inside that locker room tonight that, probably don't feel good about maybe and I don't want to say you know lack of response but you know when something like that happens and you see a guy that that has done that time and time again for the Blackhawks you you want somebody to step up there and so again you know good for Reese Johnson and uh, you know when I when I have the opportunity I'm certainly going to tell Reese that there's you know a lot of respect from the radio booth and and Hmm. people who um, you know saw that what he did after in my opinion a little bit of a lack of response here here yeah he's he's been that guy all year long all right troy i'll let you hit the road and uh you're gonna go back on the tv side no no you'll be with us tomorrow right yeah 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 all right well national game tomorrow no tv no local tv so the tv crew gets the the night off John, I'll be working along with you tomorrow from toronto a great reminder that the only local broadcast will be right here on 720 there you go All right, Troy. Safe travels. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Joe. All right. Like, thank you. That is Troy Murray. He and John Wideman with the call tonight as the Blackhawks fall to the Montreal Canadiens 4-0 up at the Bell Center. This was a rough third period. I mean, it's it's a rough game if you want to look at it that way. Um, The first 40 minutes pretty much shaped up to a lot of the games that the Blackhawks have been playing in this year where they're able to hang tough with the opponent 
only a down only down by a goal. It's not like they were dominated in the first 40 minutes, but it's not like they were really knocking on the door either. You look at the shots on goal in the first two periods. 6-6 after the first, 18-13 in favor of Montreal after the second. So the Canadians outshot the Hawks 12-7. Uh, this was definitely another solid performance for Jackson Stauber, even though it does end up being his first loss of the year. Uh, I did appreciate the tweet from Mark Lazarus at The Athletic, noting that the last time the Blackhawks were in Montreal, Marc-Andre Fleury picked up his 500th career win. Troy and I talked about it on the broadcast. The fans were celebrating Marc-Andre Fleury, even though he was the visiting goaltender. And uh, tonight, Jackson Stauber suffers his first career loss in the NHL, but again, not on the own doing of his performance in between the pipes. He moves to 3-1 and one on the season now after four appearances. It is a back-to-back for the Hawks over these next two days, so that's why Stauber was in net tonight. It'll more than likely be Peter Mrazek tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what happens on Friday when the Blackhawks take on Ottawa, but don't want to jump too far ahead on this week because, yes, there is a time to dwell on this loss, and we'll do that for a fair share on tonight's postgame show but the Hawks have done a very good job of responding and bouncing back this year. Even though they've had their fair share of stretches with just consecutive losses, even though it's been a rough first year of this rebuild, for the most part, when they have a game like this, and, and I don't even want to categorize it as one of their rougher games, but definitely one of their rougher periods, and that was the third period tonight, they have come back and responded well. Now, Toronto's a whole nother animal. I mean, Toronto's a very, very good team. Montreal is in a situation similar to the Hawks, where they're also looking at the future. But we have seen the Blackhawks do well against very good teams. We have seen the Blackhawks respond well after rough performances. So I am very intrigued to see how they come out tomorrow night. I'm very intrigued to hear what Luke Richardson and some of the Blackhawks have to say after tonight's loss. I don't know how much postgame sound we are going to get. We're a little limited these days with the team on the road up in Canada. There's not too many Blackhawks reporters from the beat out there to uh, get a bunch of uh, postgame sound, but we'll be monitoring the TV broadcast. And actually, if uh, we get to it, we'll try to jump to it live if we can. Because if you looked at Luke Richardson's demeanor coming off the bench, He did not look too pleased, and I don't know how often we get that shot of Luke Richardson coming straight off the bench after a game, especially after a loss, but Montreal is one of those places where you have to walk across the ice to get back to the locker room, so the opportunity to see the reaction from the head coach and some of the players is right then and there, Um, so I am pretty intrigued to hear how Luke Richardson responds, because listen, this is a guy who defended Jared Tenorti throwing off the mitts on Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets in an instance where is it really that necessary? I understand what he was doing. He was trying to wake up the team. They're down by a couple of goals. The Hawks picked up their first goal in that third period, so it they did profit from it. Something good happened from it. But I, I think I don't think anyone would have held it to Tenorti if he did not get in a fight in his first game back after two months. And as Troy mentioned it's a little bit more exposed when it's Max Domi, the guy that is going down, getting hit by Pavetta, Pavetta, excuse me. I mean, Max Domi went after, I forget who it was, somebody on Minnesota uh, when 
they took a hard hit on Patrick Kane from behind in front of the benches, and Kane was fine. Kane was trying to prevent Domi from going after the player, which caused uh, him to go five for fighting and instigating. And then even earlier this year against Vancouver, there was a rough circumstance where Max Domi may have went just a little bit too aggressive to defend one of his players. But Luke Richardson has always had his players' backs when they go and defend their teammates. And I think that's what is just a little bit disheartening about that because you're down 2 nothing in the third. Domi just kind of gets crunched into the boards. No, it wasn't a penalty. Troy Murray called it a, a cheap hit, a bad hit. An ugly hit, and I know there's a whole, there's a whole gray area with that in the sport of hockey right now. I know that that is a factor, but let's face it. I mean, teammates are defending their teammates whether they think it's a cheap hit or not. They just they they don't want the other team to feed off that energy, and that was lacking today. Well, I, and again, we we got to give enough credit to Reese Johnson for having the you know what to to go up and defend his teammate towards the end of that period, towards the end of regulation. And I I know John and Troy were talking about Johnson saying a few messages to his teammates. I I didn't quite see it on the TV broadcast, but I'd be really intrigued to hear what he might have had to say. And uh, again, if you'd like to join in on this conversation, 312-981-7200. We'll take your texts, we'll take your calls. Um... Would like to hear your thoughts about this one because, again, it was this game was so different from the first 40 minutes compared to the final 20. And actually, Luke Richardson's talking with the media right now. Let's hear from him. Uh, you know, we were real sloppy in the first period and we just didn't play a good, solid game. And I think they found their game before us and, uh, and then it became tough. I thought we were chasing it. Just, I mentioned a few times this year when we play well, we, we're really connected together. And today we, we just seem disconnected. Not that, um, you know they weren't trying it's just uh, trying in a um, you know not individual way but just not really uh, against the system just not we weren't just connected in the system so it just nothing really panned out like I thought um, when we had to dump pucks in we we gave them to the goalie we didn't put it in an area where we could chase down or forecheck and uh, you know what it was just uh, an off night and you know the guys tried to push to the end but it, it, they got it looked like more frustrated as the game went on and once it got to the I think the second goal kind of really got guys off uh, off key and off page and uh, just chasing it, really chasing the game instead of playing the game. From an injury standpoint, there are quite a few guys who left at some point. Do you have a base on uh, Tenorti, uh, yeah, lower body injury. We'll get it checked out more tomorrow, and uh, but he won't be playing tomorrow. Dickinson should be okay. You know, he, he, he blocked a big shot. The guy shoots the puck hard, but uh, uh, he toughed it out and just put a little alteration on his uh, elbow pad for protection, and uh, he should be okay tomorrow. And uh, and Wessel, he's getting checked out, and we'll have to see how he is. He might be a maybe for tomorrow. mentioned the second goal that was tough. What's the challenge as a coach to sort of get a, a bit of a pushback from your group when you, you know, we all know it's a long season and it's, it's a tough one as well. Does that make it a challenge bigger for you as a coach? That's been one area we've been really good in all year is like pushing back uh, in games like that all the way through the, the season and uh, you know what? Uh, tonight we just seem to find ourselves uh, for a shift or two and then we kind of lose ourselves as a team and uh, meaning connected together and then when they got that second goal that seemed to kind of unravel even more um, you know what we just 
and then when we lost a few bodies, then we really have no consistency in the lines. We got to be juggling lines, and um, you know we haven't done that much this year, so that was new for the guys. But I thought I, I did it before the injuries just to give them a little bit of a shock, wake up. You know, I mean, uh, try and spark something. And uh, you know what, uh, the the five on three, I think that could have really helped us tonight. And unfortunately, we uh, had a, I think two good chances early, and then uh, we, we we didn't even seem connected on that. So we got to uh, you know just talk about a few things and settle things down and just simplify. You know, we got to simplify instead of making it more difficult, and I think that's what we did tonight. We talked the other day about transparency, about the rebuild. You kind of knew coming in there were probably be tough nights like this. What's been your sort of mental approach as the years come on to sort of accept that that's inevitable, but also not get complacent with it? Yeah, yeah, like right now, it's hard to accept because uh, we have I haven't seen it that much this year, so. Uh, I've been, you know, impressed with the guys' uh, attention to detail, and some nights, you know, uh, other teams just overpower us with depth. But um, you know, we push usually right to the end. And tonight, when you see a team, they're not connected early, and it doesn't seem like it's coming, and it gets more frustrated, uh, you know, within the the team and in the bench and on the ice. Uh, it, it's hard to reel it in. Like, you know, you can try and move guys around on their lines just to get something sparked up, get them talking to each other, play a little simpler. Uh, but tonight it just uh, seemed like nothing was going to go our way. And, uh, you know, the good thing about hockey is we have a chance to rectify that and play better tomorrow. I'm sure you were asked about this pregame, but, you know, given the, the fact that, uh, you know, loss aside, uh, how was it to be on the visitors' bench uh, for this game? Yeah, it's been a while, uh, but, uh, you know, it's an exciting rink, and you got to appreciate the passion of the fan base here and, and the mystique that they bring uh, in, in the stadium and, and the old stadium that I remember as well. Um, you know what? We, we're both original six franchises, and uh, there's always something a little extra special about that every time you play. So it was fun to be back here. Not so fun right now, but, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to, to be involved in hockey in this building. Big thanks to NBC Sports Chicago for that audio. That was Luke Richardson, the Blackhawks head coach, after a 4-0 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. Kind of surprised by these three stars. The number one star, Jonathan Druin. He had three assists in this game. David Savard, the number two star, he had the third goal in the game that made it 3 nothing. The number three star, Mike Matheson, who had no points in this game. He was a plus one. I mean, Jake Allen pitched a shutout for the Montreal Canadiens. He had his 24th career shutout, his third against the Hawks this year. He stopped all 22 of the Blackhawks shots on net tonight. But uh, he is absent from the three-star selection. Kind of interesting there. Want to go a little bit deeper of what Luke Richardson had to say about his team. He called them disconnected tonight, said that they were chasing the game more than playing the game, and then uh, some updates on Jared Tenorti, Jason Dickinson, and Mackenzie Entwistle, if you didn't hear. But we got to get to a break first. Blackhawks fall to the Montreal Canadiens 4-0. We'd like to hear from you, 312-981-7200. We'll also read a couple of texts when we come back after this break on 720 WGN. Well, sweet dreams are not made of what happened tonight in Montreal. Blackhawks falling to the Canadians 4-0 up at the Bell Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 9.30 tonight. If you would like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 
Uh, from the 463, if Max Domi is injured, does this basically guarantee we will finish this season as the worst team in hockey? Right, let's maybe pup the brakes there a little bit, 463. Uh, I don't think Domi was injured. He just sat on the bench after that hard hit. Um, and if you want to take a look at the standings in terms of the flip standings, uh, the Blackhawks are now a point ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Actually, Columbus did end up losing tonight. Um, so they will remain uh, 37 points and Columbus with 36 points. The Hawks one point ahead of the Blue Jackets for the final spot in the NHL standings. And of course, the whole thing about that is if you finish 32nd in the NHL, the Blackhawks will have the best opportunity for the number 1 overall pick for this upcoming draft. Obviously, that is a factor with this being year one of a rebuild. Uh, elsewhere from the text line from the 847 who wants to see Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson fired, I think that's even more of a stretch than the 463 area code guy. I mean, Luke Richardson, I, I don't think, was pleased whatsoever by that performance by the Hawks. Again, he called them disconnected, chasing the game more than playing the game. And here's the thing. If this were a, a common thread, a common theme for this Hawks team, maybe I would kind of agree with you. But I, I don't think firing a new head coach in his first year halfway through would get the job done. Everyone understands what the Hawks are doing right now. They are in year one of a rebuild. They are trying to no longer catch lightning in a bottle, no longer trying to just clench on to the glory days. They're trying to build sustainable success in the Hawks organization. It's going to take more than a year. And again, I think it's really important to see how the Hawks respond tomorrow. I think if you're a Blackhawks fan and you're very frustrated about tonight's loss, watch tomorrow's game. Watch tomorrow's game, see the response, see the response in the first period, and see how they come out. Now, they might be missing a few more guys. Again, Jared Tenorti left after just five minutes of the first period. Luke Richardson calling it a lower body issue. He's not going to play tomorrow. That's horrible. Jared Tenorti just can't catch a break right now. He played in a game, not even a game and a half, hardly a game and a third. After sitting out for two months, after facial surgery and 50 to 100 stitches, I mean, that guy is a complete dude, and he wants to play each and every day, and he's ready to throw off the mitts even if he sat out for two months. He definitely would have come to defend Max Domi right then and there after the hit was made. But he wasn't on the ice. Uh, Luke Richardson saying the Hawks were chasing the game more than playing the game, especially in the third period. Again, it was a one nothing game for the first 40 minutes. It was a tight matchup. And even though the Blackhawks weren't exactly... Like I said earlier, knocking on the door, creating all these scoring chances. They were still playing tight. And we've seen a lot of pivotal third periods for this Hawks team a lot this year. But that's what happens when you're playing a lot of teams that have more talent than you. you got to bring a full 60-minute effort with everybody pitching in at all times. And that's why when the Blackhawks did win 6 of 8 and they were playing their best hockey just a few weeks ago, that's what they were doing. Uh Luke Richardson said that Jason Dickinson should be good for tomorrow. That's a good sign. Again, he took a wicked slap shot off his left forearm and then just had to wear it out on the ice because the Blackhawks were on a PK and Montreal just kept having their way offensively. And then uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, a maybe for tomorrow. Uh, That's another tough loss if the Blackhawks lose Entwistle as well. So a whole bunch of variables playing into tonight's game. But again, uh, towards the end of it, 
was definitely the roughest to see in that third period. We are going to give Reese Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Again, Reese Johnson going to defend Max Domi at the end of the game, throwing off the mitts with Michael Pizzetta and uh, saying a few words to his teammates as well on his way off the ice. And you know, Troy brought it up. I, I think I've mentioned it a few times this year. Reese Johnson is a great guy to have on this roster right now because he brings 110% every single day, and he's not afraid to be an enforcer, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's uh, a fourth-line grinder for the most part that just always is... I mean, ready to work every day, right? He was on that fourth line a lot with uh, guys like Sam Lafferty and and uh, Colin Blackwell, and you would see those three guys synergize well because they were all the same type of players, hardworking, fast skating, going into the corners, trying to win every single battle and just making things happen. So he's an easy guy to root for. He's an easy guy to like on this team. And from our buddy Sam from the 469, Hawks rule... Hobbs suck. Okay, thank you very much, Sam. Uh, let's get into how it sounded tonight at the Bell Center. Hawks falling to Montreal 4 nothing. First goal came in the first period, and it came after the Blackhawks had a power play opportunity, but then they committed a too-many-men-on-the-ice penalty that evened things up at 4-on-4, eventually giving Montreal a man advantage, and they were able to take advantage. And we'll uh, get to that in just a moment. Um, the Blackhawks coughing up the first goal of the game, coming in the first period. Um, again, it was a man advantage for Montreal, and it was Justin Barron taking advantage of it. Evgeny Dadin off top of the right-wing circle. And now moves it to the left point to Jonathan Drouin, to the high slot. One shot by Barron, they score. So for Justin Barron, that's going to be his second goal in the season, unless one of the other Canadians got a stick in there. It is the second time that Jackson Staubers allowed the first goal to be scored against him in back-to-back games, but again, that just goes to show you what type of composure Jackson Stauber has. He doesn't let things slip, let things get out of hand. You can't even blame that goal on him. He was screened by about four guys, and uh, not to mention it was a power play goal for Montreal. So that was the first goal for a while. I should say the only goal for a while. one nothing lead for Montreal. We moved into the second period, and uh, the Blackhawks did have an opportunity. Actually, this was towards the end of the first period, but the Blackhawks did have an opportunity to pick up a goal, but it was another rough occurrence for Andreas Athanasiu. Harris along the left wing boards, sent it down behind the net, around it goes to Savardi, coughed it up, Athanasiu's got a full-on breakaway over the Canadian line, down the slot, Deeks, and shoots! This goes into the net, but it's going to be washed out because Athanasiu ran into the Canadian net ahead of the puck and knocked it off of its moorings. Have you ever seen that? I don't think I ever have. Troy felt a little guilty for his reaction, but I I think it was warranted. We've talked about this before. Andreas Athanasiu has so much speed, so much skill, and sometimes that speed is a little difficult to utilize because he is so quick. He's able to blow past guys so quickly. It's tough to get the puck to him at the right time. Now, this time it was all on his own. He was on his own breakaway, and uh, he did fool Jake Allen, but then... His speed just coming across so quickly, not so much lost his footing, but maybe lost his balance, and he goes to the left of Allen, he knocks the goal off its moorings, and then ends up kicking the the puck past the goal line. And here's the thing, if 
if they did call it a good goal, there might have been two different circumstances where they could have waved it off. And I, I think that's what was kind of comical about the whole situation. Uh, I, I love Troy being able to just react like that, though. And um, again, it, it, once the Hawks figure out how to bottle up Athanasiu's skill as best as possible, or maybe he gets moved and some other team can. I mean, he is such a lethal weapon. It's just, it's been a tough time for the Hawks to really figure out the right way to sync up Athanasiu offensively this year. But once either the Hawks or another team is able to, it is going to be something very powerful and very beneficial. So again, through the second period, Hawks unable to tie things up, had another power play opportunity. They did have a good PK. Uh, Jackson Stauber with three big saves after the Hawks killed off their penalty. As uh, Again, Stauber with another stellar night tonight. I, I should say stellar in the first 40 minutes. You can't knock him for the three goals that were coughed up in the third. Hawks kind of left him out to dry in a few circumstances. But uh, just another... Great outing by Jackson Stauber in only his fourth NHL appearance. In the third period, early on, is when Montreal doubled their lead. Kovacevic, he carries up the right wing to center ice, gave it to Armia over the hawk line, fed the high slot. Now to the right circle. A shot from Armia, he scores. And Jackson Stauber is down and may be injured. So it was Mackenzie Entwistle going into Stauber. Stauber continued on the game, so that was good to see. Uh, but again, Entwistle now a maybe for tomorrow's game. But uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, just put on a beautiful display of passing. Uh, they ended up pretty much going down three on one. Armia finishing it off, making it 2 nothing Montreal. So this is when it was kind of a do-or-die situation for the Hawks. And instead of really accelerating, it was Montreal taking more of the momentum. And a big reason was because of this hit. Seth Jones to Patrick Kane, Canadian line. Took it over the line, gave it to Domi, who oh. flattened with a body check from Pizzetta. That was a dirty hit by Pizzetta. Oh, Max Domi is stunned right now on the ice. Max Domi did not see that coming. Back on his feet, he's going to head to the Hawks bench. Yeah, that was a blindside oh. bad hit by Pizzetta. So then again, Troy Murray went ahead and kind of called out the Hawks team for not defending Max Domi in that situation, a guy who's always got the backs of his teammates, and shortly after that, Montreal was able to take advantage of another one. Bell Zeal down into the Hawks zone, left wing corner, put it in front, shoots and scores. Well, after the Pizzetta hit on Domi, the Canadians came back up ice in numbers. Domi went to the bench, which left some extra room on the ice for the Canadians on their rush. And the beneficiary, after it was all said and done, was David Savard, who moved into the left-wing circle. 20 feet out from the net, fired it past Stauber. 3-0 Montreal. So, very difficult for the Blackhawks to bounce back from that. And to make things even more difficult, Montreal tacked on another one. Armia behind the hawk net, put it out in front. Dvorak shoots and scores. 4-0 Montreal. Christian Dvorak from Palos Heights. Took a nice pass from Joel Armia. He was wide open for the shot. Put it into the top right corner, and the Canadians are cruising now. That goal coming less than a minute after David Savard's goal, and it would be the final one. Later on, Reese Johnson getting into a fight with uh, Michael Pizzetta to defend Max Domi, but it was towards the end of the contest, and the Hawks unable to do anything after that. With the loss, the Hawks now fall to 16-31-5 on the season. Montreal picking up their third straight win improves to 23-27-4. 
Hawks fall to Montreal 4 nothing. We've still got more to get to, but we're going to take another break. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Unfortunately, it wasn't a very lovely Valentine's Day for the Blackhawks up in Montreal. They fall to the Canadians 4 nothing. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to the Hawks postgame show here on 720 WGN. Uh, it doesn't sound like we're going to get much more postgame sound. Uh, Connor Murphy did chat with some of the media, though, and getting this from the Twitter of Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times. Connor Murphy stating, it's not that we got off the game plan. We didn't get to the game plan. And uh, that was kind of what Luke Richardson was insinuating in his post-game media scrum, saying that the team was um, playing catch-up a lot, they were disconnected, and you kind of felt that way through the first 40 minutes, even though I keep saying you know, they, they did not a decent enough job of hanging tough with Montreal. And again, this is the narrative that we've seen a lot this year. They can pull out victories against teams that are even better than them, But it takes a lot. It takes a full 60-minute effort. It takes everybody pitching in. And sometimes it just takes the other team not being able to capitalize on absolutely everything. But I'll say this, and it's another topic I've hit a handful amount of times this year. Jackson Stauber is another reason why the Hawks were only down by a goal through two periods. The Blackhawks goaltending this year, their goaltending depth has been so huge. And I think... It matters so much for this team this year specifically because the Blackhawks aren't hiding anything about this being a rebuild. They're not hiding anything about not going for the playoffs this year, making a long playoff run. But they are trying to be competitive every single game. Luke Richardson even said, I'm going to try to make Kyle Davidson's job as difficult as I can. I want us to be a winning hockey team. And and even Kyle Davidson had said, when you go into the arena, when you go to the United Center that day, of course you want to win. It's just in your nature. Now, Luke Richardson's responsibility is to keep that fire burning throughout his entire team all season long. And that's difficult to do, especially when you are not built to win a lot of games, let alone the majority of your games. So what does it take to continue a motivating presence and the desire to go out each and every night and still perform at your highest level each and every night, it takes a lot to just continue to pump that out each and every game. And again, that's why I say, let's see how they respond tomorrow. That doesn't cancel out what happened in the third period tonight. That doesn't justify it. But again, this team has shown Great response after a rough game. Yeah, they've they've piled up losses. They've connected losses. They've had losing streaks, of course. But even that, that rough game against Seattle, where they coughed up six goals in the first period and things were just getting a little ridiculous at that point, that was in the midst of the Blackhawks' two three-game winning streaks. I think they had six wins in, in their last eight games. And if you pull out that first period against Seattle, you're talking about a seven-game winning streak. And that was still in the span of the Blackhawks, probably probably their best hockey of the season. I know they got off to a great start this year. Once again, another example of what they're capable of doing and who they are capable of beating when they do everything right. 
but it has been the response that I think has been most impressive for this team. So I'm going to be very curious to see what the response is tomorrow. Luke Richardson is a guy that holds his team accountable. And again, just just going back to the third period and the hit on Domi, and I think this is the last time I'll touch on it, the biggest thing is somebody gets a five-minute major right there or an instigator, Luke Richardson is defending the heck out of that player because he's defended players in worse circumstances. That has hurt the team more. But in that instance, I mean, maybe if you get in a fight before Montreal scores their goal, I mean, that could be a big swing. That could. Of course, everything is easier in hindsight, but it was it was total salt on the wound. It was so much more insult to injury after Max Domi gets crunched into the boards by Pizzetta. Montreal scores, and then less than a minute later, they make it 4 nothing, And then the game's just completely gone, out of hand. And this is a team that the Hawks only fell to in the shootout the last time they faced them. Back at the United Center when Kirby Doc got his redemption game. By the way, I went 0-3 in my bets tonight. So, sorry about that if I made your Valentine's Day worse. Kirby Doc with no goals tonight. Taylor Radish with no points tonight. The Blackhawks get shut out for the seventh time this year. And uh, we won with the over that looked absolutely horrid until that third period. We're two goals shy, but uh, just, just not a good day for the bets. Not a good day for the Blackhawks tonight. Jake Allen's 24th career shutout, his third against the Hawks in his career. I can't believe Montreal didn't give him a star. That's very surprising to me. And Allen out of the two goaltenders from Montreal of Sam Montumbo came in with a 353 goals against average. That was the worst of the two. But again, I, I think you still have a better idea of what you have in Jackson Stauber, and it just it's a little bit more promising still with him. I mean, what a great kid. 23 years old. Just seems to have all the confidence in the world, but Like Troy said, he's not too cocky. He just knows what to do in those moments. He's not not jumping the gun anywhere. And he's kind of bringing that Luke Richardson demeanor, right? Where he's not going too extreme either way. Not getting too down on himself when he gives up the first goal. Not getting too high on himself when he becomes the first Blackhawks goaltender to start his NHL career with three wins. And actually, I got a text from Kevin Powell earlier today of WGN Sports saying, I feel like Blackhawks goaltenders have gotten just roughed up this year. And he's right. I mean, the way you look at it, you could say four different goaltenders have been on injured reserve this year. Clearly with Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock. Stalock's still on it. And again, if you didn't catch into the pregame show, Luke Richardson ruling out the fact that it was a concussion the training staff ruling out a concussion for Alex Stalock, Luke Richardson relaying the message, but saying calling it a cranial thing, which when you hear that, that sounds even worse, but it sounds like it is a better solution, not a solution, but a better situation than concussion protocol, but it is affecting uh, his focus ability, so that's obviously a little scary, but again, uh, Luke Richardson even said that Alex Stalock started showing his personality a little bit more once he found out that it's not concussion protocol anymore. Um, but going back to the goalie depth and guys on injured reserve, I mean, Arvid Soderblom went back down to Rockford and went on injured reserve. He was dealing with an injury. And then Jackson Stauber here with the Hawks, 
there was a chance for him to come up with the Hawks earlier on this year. Dylan Wells was called up kind of as an emergency goaltender, not an e-bug situation, but he was the second guy waiting in Rockford because Jackson Stauber was the main guy because Arvid Soderblom was up with the Hawks. I mean, it's just been this this totem pole that just keeps going up and up. And uh, Stauber wasn't available to come up to the Hawks because he had gotten a puck to the eye that went through his mask in Rockford. So that's why Dylan Wells went up. It was a great story and situation for Wells. He gets an NHL contract, you know, gets a few extra bucks in his back pocket, and then ends up making his NHL debut. That was against Winnipeg back in November. But Stauber kept his composure, realized he was going to get another opportunity. He did. He excelled at it. And now tonight he suffers his first loss, but not his fault, hardly his fault. Hawks left him hanging out to dry a few times. But uh, rough night for the Hawks tonight, that third period especially. First 40 minutes, okay. Last 20 minutes, not so great. So again, very interested to see what the response is going to be like tomorrow night in Toronto. We've got one more break to get to, one more segment to get to. We'll take a look around the league with it. You're listening to the Blackhawks Postgame Show, 720 WGN. Hawks fall to Montreal 4-0 tonight up in Canada. They will be in Toronto tomorrow. It'll be another 6 o'clock puck drop, a 5.30 pregame show, FanDuel pregame show here on 720 WGN. If you're going to try to catch the Northwestern game, that'll be over on 1,000 MVP. The Cats are coming off a big upset win over Purdue, and they're fighting for second place against Indiana. Mr. Cat, Dave Bennett, will be on the call of that one. Hawks were one of a handful of games going on in the NHL tonight. Let's hear from some of them. We'll start in Washington. Bouncing puck. We'll find Tara Vinen. Mason back to Tara Vinen. So the Canes get a chance to set up. Pressured by Eller. And a shot. He'll score on the power play. Shea got it through and deflected. Mike Maniscalco of Bally Sports South as Carolina takes down Washington in Washington. A 3-2 winner for the Hurricanes. They improve to 35-10-8. That stadium series coming up this weekend. That'll be very cool. It sounds like Carolina, one of the f- uh, few, one of the last teams not to get an outdoor game. So that will be a fun event to watch. Let's go to Columbus. Now Marchenko with 14 to go. Races across the line. His pass picked off by Boquist. Banks it up ahead for Pollard. Time still for the Devils. Here's Pollard. Now to McLeod. Moves in. Cuts to his right in deep centers. And they score! Ryan Graves scores with 1.4 showing on the clock. (laughs) Matt Laughlin of WFAN of Devils Hockey Network as the Devils take down the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2. New Jersey improving to 35-13-5 with the victory as uh, former Blackhawk Adam Boquist picking up his first goal of the season. Meanwhile, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, picking up his 15th goal on the year. Let's go to St. Louis. Now right up front. Kyrou tries to get the shot. It's blocked in front once again by Lusterinen. Now here's Crew. That kicks in. It's momentum and it's in. That's Leah Hextall of ESPN. The Blues still leading the Florida Panthers right now. 6-2 to two with 2.23 left in regulation. As it uh, looks like the Blues are going to pick up their 25th win of the season, get back to a hockey 500. Let's go to the rematch of the Stanley Cup Final in Colorado. Now McKinnon, Arturi Lekkinen lets it go. He scores! It's a work of art! Arturi Lekkinen through a screen. 50 seconds into the first period, the first shot of the game. 
is good for a goal. One nothing Colorado. That's our buddy, buddy Connor McGahey of Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Colorado still on top of Tampa Bay. It's now a 2-1 lead after uh, Nikita Kucherov tied up the game. Nathan McKinnon gave Colorado back the lead. This is the second time that these two teams have matched up in the last five days. And again, it's 2-1 Colorado with 6-17 left in the second period. Other scores around the league, Seattle and Winnipeg are tied up at 2 Five minutes left up in Canada, Seattle ending their road trip. Boston has lost four out of their last five, and they're trailing the Dallas Stars 2-1 to one through two periods. Robertson with his 34th goal on the season. Boston in danger of suffering, dare I say it, their ninth loss of the year. Penguins are visiting the Sharks later on tonight, and the Ottawa Senators took down... The New York Islanders in a shootout tonight, a 3-2 final over at the UBS Arena. The Blackhawks' next game in Toronto tomorrow night. He's able to get a stick on that pass for Nylander. And Riley loose in front, they're able to get it to him. Two penalized players back, Carter in front, scores! In time, there's a That's Joe Bowen of Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Toronto Maple Leafs, hosting the Blackhawks tomorrow, and then the Hawks will see the Maple Leafs again at the United Center on Sunday. Quick reminder about that game. If you have tickets, you can go to the United Center at 1 o'clock and watch the Chicago Police Department take on the Chicago Fire Department in their first responders game at the United Center. Should be a fun time. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser. ComEd for business, ComEd powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help here at the WGN Studios, our production team of Brendan Rook and Ben Anderson. Another big thanks to our engineering crew, Brett Jackson and the tireless Krista Flores. Out at the Bell Center, it was John Weideman and Troy Murray with the call. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, the Hawks fall to Montreal, 4-0 up in Montreal. Their next game tomorrow night in Toronto, 5.30 the pregame. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's John Landecker. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks Hockey. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.